Yep. Uh, welcome uh, to the program uh, today. Uh, it's brought to you by uh, Grip Six. Thank you. Uh, Grip Six, of course, fantastic shoes yeah. or socks, fantastic belts, fantastic yeah. wallets. I, you know, you, you might, you might want to put the uh, uh, the Grip Six socks uh, on before you put on your Grip Six shoes, which don't exist. But uh, mm. that's good, Stu. It's good. Good Thank to have you. you here. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, mm-hmm. adding a lot to the show today. Anyway, if you want great socks that don't ever lose their elasticity. Mm. <sighs> Hall of Fame, man. Send that in. I think I need a, a double. Anyway, um, uh, these are great socks. Grip 6, they have wool socks, but they don't. I, I always think of wool as big, heavy, you know, itchy socks. These are not uh, that kind of wool. It's very, very thin, breathable. They're great. Uh, I really, really like them and made right here in the USA, which makes me want to buy them even more. So get Grip6, Grip6.com, Grip, the number 6.com slash Beck and save right now. Grip6.com slash Beck. Program begins in just a minute. Welcome, America. It is Monday. It's Juneteenth. Most people, well, many people don't know what Juneteenth is or had never heard of it. It was a very big Texas holiday for a while. And now the Washington Post wants you to know, now this is going to come as a surprise to you, that during the Civil War, Texas, which was a Confederate-sided state, um, they didn't announce that the slaves were free. Uh, They actually held these slaves against their will as slaves. And it wasn't until the war was won that they finally let these slaves go. It is, man, that's how, that's how racist these slaves, I mean, there's slave owners, and then there's the racist slave owners that just didn't do what the government said to do, you know, the government that they were at war with and breaking away from. Isn't that weird? I'm going to give you some news on uh, our founders and how racist this country really is. I'm going to give you some news. If you've never heard it before, you will ask yourself, gee, why? That's awfully convenient to leave this out of history. We'll begin there in 60 seconds. First... Let me tell you about our uh, our sponsor this half hour. It is Relief Factor. F- Relief Factor. Barbara wrote in about her experience. She said, I was hit by a car as a pedestrian. I had to relearn how to walk. I was always in pain. 
but not since I've been taking Real Relief Factor. I have found relief that I needed from that pain. Thank you so much. Barbara, I am so glad that you're up and walking again and you're doing well with your pain. Uh, if you're dealing with pain in your life, please, please try Relief Factor. It is It keeps me 99% pain-free. Today, I'm up in the mountains and the altitude always bothers my pain for some reason. Uh, but it was fine. Usually, it was crippling when I was up here before Relief Factor. It was fine, and then today I get up and the temperature is about 30 degrees, and uh, the two things that really set my pain off are, are temperature and altitude. But I tell you, it is totally manageable now with Relief Factor. Relief Factor, try their three-week quick start developed for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day, like a, like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried it, and 70% of them go on to order more month after month. It's relieffactor.com. Call 800, the number four relief, 800 for relief or relieffactor.com. All right. So the Washington Post um, writes a story in 1903. A black man walked into an office in a small town in Texas seeking any news about whether slavery had ended. In 1903, he's what? Excuse me. The earnest inquiry from the man who had been forced to labor without pay came more than 38 years after Major General Gordon Granger landed on Galveston Island, Texas, with more than 2,000 federal soldiers to deliver the belated news of freedom to the enslaved black people in Texas. Word of the uh, uh, the end of bondage for more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state arrived June 19th, uh, 1865, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Despite the clear instructions in General Order Number 3 and the announcement that day by Granger's men that the people in Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Now, this is a real this was a real problem in texas um you know it's a state in rebellion a state that believes in slavery and you know surprise surprise uh these guys didn't want to tell their slaves oh you're free because the president we're fighting against just freed you um it's not really surprising but it's horrible Enslavers across the state resisted the general's orders, hiding the news from the enslaved black people. Many black people were forced to continue to labor under the oppression, uh, under the oppression of ruthless enslavers and unscrupulous plantation owners. Last year, President Biden signed a bill to recognize Juneteenth as a federal holiday. On Thursday, in advance of the holiday, human rights activists installed a 150-foot pan-African flag garden in the ellipse south of the white house now why would why would we do this you know the south had their own flag america had old glory america had the stars and stripes they had the stars and bars um excuse me why would we celebrate this by flying another flag why would we do that by the way, do you know who the first uh, Republican 
um, uh, president of the GOP was in Texas. Yeah, he was a black guy. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? This is only being recognized now because the progressives think that they can use it against the Republican Party because people are uneducated. People in this in this country uh, are, and I got. I'm sorry, but my I, I have come to a new conclusion about the American people. Many of them are dumb as a box of rocks, and I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with a box of rocks, but it doesn't go well. And the American people have been dumbed down and dumbed down and intentionally misled and great portions of our history and things that you need to know just to survive not being taught in schools. So in honor of Juneteenth, I brought something in from the Mercury Vaults. This is um, the declaration by the representatives of the United States of America in General Congress assembled. This is the rough draft of the um, of the Declaration of Independence in Thomas Jefferson's own hand. Oh my gosh, Glenn Beck, how could you possibly? How could you possibly quote Thomas Jefferson and the Declaration of Independence? I mean, Thomas Jefferson. All men are created equal. Yeah, Tom, except for all those slaves, right? That's the argument. Where are they in the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson. So this is, again, the first draft in his own handwriting. It's four pages long. And if you happen to be watching on the blaze, you will see that there are corrections and things marked out and language changed. And you'll see, just like in a Word doc, it'll say, B. Franklin, or it'll say, uh, Mr. Adams. And it comes off to the side to show you who made the changes. For the most part, it's, it's left pretty, um, pretty much the same. So the first part of it is, you know, when in the course of human events, they're basically saying, you know, look, we're going to break up, and we think, because we try to be decent people, we think if we're going to break up with somebody, we should tell them why. And, uh, you know, they they decided they had the other option of going, hey, King George, it's not you, it's us. But no, 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 we decided we should tell him it is you. It is you. Um, we really actually love you. We want to be with you, but you won't listen to us. So in this breakup letter we call the Declaration of Independence, we tell him, uh, look, we think that just basic decency requires us to tell us to tell you what happened. And the first thing we want to tell you is you don't know us. We're, we believe in different things. There are things that we hold self-evident that you don't. And we think these are really important. So when we break up from you, we're going to go and we're going to we're going to do our own country. But we want to tell you what we're creating and what it is that we believe that we've been trying to tell you. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, this is where it gets sticky, 
and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, drawing their just powers from the consent of the governed. Nobody had ever done that before. Nobody had ever thought that before. Completely a new idea. Can you imagine the king reading this and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that you actually believe that you, a farmer, an underling, you're equal to me, the king, and that God gave you the same rights he gives to me? And that government is going to be, the people in government are going to be voted on by the people, people like you. And the government is instituted to protect your rights against people like me? It's an incredible thought. Incredible thought. So he goes on and he explains what we're going to create. This is our mission statement as a nation. And like mission statements usually go, you they're very, very lofty and hard to obtain, uh, but it's what drives a company. And if you have a company that's been in business for 250 years, you're going to have some problems with that business in its history. You're going to see, oh, wow, a company really went out of, of whack here. Walt, Walt Disney right now, he's spinning in his grave. You could make chair rails and chairs and, and broomsticks on, on his body. He's spinning so fast he's like a lathe. But they've lost it before. They lost it in the 1980s. Not like this. But they come back. I don't know if Disney's going to be able to survive the comeback this time. But the question is, are we? So we have this mission statement, and this is what Martin Luther King said in his, in his great I Have a Dream speech. He's like, America, it's in your own documents. Just live up to those things. So he spells it all out, and then he says, uh, and we need to tell you that it's not us, it is you. And these are called usurptations, and they're, it's two and a half pages of just quick, uh, you know, one line. He refused to pass the laws of accommodation for large districts of people, okay? So that's one of them. And he'll just, they just list all of these, and again, it's, it's about two and a half pages, and they're all one or two, maybe three lines at most. But in the usurpation section, the last paragraph, and it's half a page, is one usurpation. So we've always wondered, how could Thomas Jefferson, how could you possibly quote that racist, bigot, slave owner who only cared about money? He would write He'd write beautiful things, but then he'd do the opposite. He had slaves, and he didn't even point out that all men are created equal. That includes the slaves who are men, right? Ask yourself as I read this to you why you didn't learn this in history. Halfway down the second page, this actually the third page, second of the usurpations, the last usurpation comes, the last thing the king did that they could not tolerate and had to break up. And it says, and I quote, the king has waged cruel war against nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the, in the persons of a distant people who never offended him. 
captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere or to incur miserable death in their transportation thither. So he's either talking about the slaves here from Africa and saying the king brought them over here, or he's what, talking about Willy Wonka and the Oompa Loompas? I, he's clearly talking about the slaves that the king brought to America. This piratical warfare, the opprobrium of infidel, underlined infidel powers, is the warfare of the uh, printed and underlined Christian king of Great Britain, determined to keep an open market where men capitalized, where men should be bought and sold. He has prostituted his negative for suppressing every legislative attempt but to prohibit or restrain this uh, horrible uh, commerce and that this assemblage of horrors might want no fact of distinguished die. He is now executing, or no, he's now exciting those very people to rise in arms among us to purchase that liberty of which he, underline, has deprived them of by murdering the people on whom he has also offended, uh, offended, thus paying off former crimes committed against the liberties of one people with crimes he wages for them to commit against the lives of another. He goes on on how many times they tried to, slay, to, to end slavery, and all of the times he frustrates it, twists it, refuses to uh, let it pass. So an entire paragraph is taking down the king. This is, it's clear when reading this, at least with Thomas Jefferson, this is the most important reason we broke away. This had to be unanimous, this declaration, or the king would weasel his way in between the colonies and breaking them apart. So every line of this rough draft had to be voted on. So we are such a horrible racist. We only cared about money and, and oppression. How many of the 13 colonies voted against that paragraph? I'll give that to you here in 60 seconds. First, Tunnel to Towers. It is a great foundation. This is the Tunnel to Towers was started right after the World Trade Center collapsed, and they wanted to help the families out of everybody who had a mortgage and lost their lives. They wanted to make sure that they could take care of them. Then they wanted to make sure that they could take care of the um, of all the firefighters and all of the police. So Tunnel to Towers was founded, and they wanted to help America's heroes and their families. So if somebody like those guys who ran up the stairs didn't come back, you know, on their firefighting job or their police job, if they had small children, if they were left behind and the family had a mortgage, Tunnel to Towers would pay off the mortgage to take that off of their hands. Then it expanded to the military, and now they are just doing phenomenal things, phenomenal mortgage-free smart homes for those who are critically injured and can't live a normal life. And now Operation Home Base, they are giving tiny homes to homeless veterans. These people live what they say and are meeting their mission expectations every single day. 
our nation's heroes, people who put their lives on the line for us, need your help. Help today. Can you donate $11 a month at T2T.org? That's T, the number 2T.org. $11 a month. I know how hard it is that you're, you're scraping everything together just to get gas, but this will make a huge difference and help us become people of merit. Uh, it is T2T.org. Join them now. 10 seconds, station ID. So, how many states actually voted against that paragraph? Out of the 13 colonies, how many? Two. It was South Carolina and Georgia. Those two were the only two that voted against. That means 11 states wanted this horror show of states to stop, but they couldn't. They could not be split on that. If, if the king could have Georgia and South Carolina, he could break up the whole movement. So they, they dropped that. But did you know that if, um, New England itself, New York and everything north, New England, if that were a country and not part of England, it was, if it was independent it would have been 50 years before the british banned slavery they were so far ahead of their time this is the first area that banned slavery like that a massive that was the united states of america for the most part and they were 50 years ahead of everyone else how come we don't get credit for that? How come the 11 states that voted against slavery don't get credit for that? Because of a political agenda. And in states like Texas and elsewhere, as soon as people got voting rights, the Klan came around and tried to disarm people. Well, what a surprise. The same party that did that to black people are now trying to disarm the United States of America and all of her citizens. They found a new way to do it. Uh, coerce companies and tell them they have to stop making ammo. The White House denies this. We have the evidence that it's happening coming up later on in the program. The Glenn Beck Program. Recent rise in property values has also created a bigger target for the home title fraud. Uh, this type of identity theft, um, all all that happens is it, they they can come in, a criminal can come in and fake your signature on a document that you can just pick up at the city. Um, and it looks like you sold your house to this other individual. Then, because our houses are worth so much more, so many houses have equity in them right now, that they take and they steal this. They go in and say, yep, I just bought this, and uh, I want to take out a loan for home improvement or whatever they want. They take out the loan, and then they get out of town and stick you with the loan. And there's no way to prove that you didn't sell them the house. They saw the title. Who's committing the fraud? You want to stop this before it happens to you? 
I want you to go to lifelock.com, lifelock.com, or uh, or check out uh, their phone number, 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com, promo code BECK, save 25%. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off. Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A lot of news to report today. Um, Let me just give you some highlights. Um, The WHO now says that those lockdowns uh, created really bad mental health issues. Uh, Depression increased by 25% globally uh, just in the first year. So depression, suicides, apparently uh, some of that was caused by those lockdowns. Who would have seen that coming? Also, the hmm. uh, according to the Daily Mail, a British newspaper, the uh, Marxist president of the World Health Organization has just come out, not publicly, not publicly, but he has been telling now um, elected officials, elected government officials, top elected officials in um, in Europe that the most likely uh, origin of COVID unfortunately uh probably came from a leak in the wuhan lab uh and he said uh, that's the most likely uh explanation and who would have seen that coming now i think he's not saying this publicly because he might get kicked off of twitter for the conspiracy theory on both of those really um, and they really, really need their credibility right now. Um, the, the CDC is working with the WHO. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but uh, the CDC has just come out with guidelines to uh, be able to you have safe sex uh, and avoid monkeypox. And um, now, see, I well, I, I am a doctor. I was going to say I'm not a doctor, but I am a doctor. Uh, but I'll talk slowly for Pat and Stu. Pat Gray just joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed. Um, and uh, I'll talk slowly so you guys can understand. Okay. Um, they said, uh, the CDC, they said, um, whatever you do, uh, if you want to have sex and you're worried about mon- monkeypox, have sex while fully clothed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know right. how that works. I mean, that's what Pat would say. I, of course, as a doctor, mm-hmm. understand that. But um, <laughs> they also said wash your hands um, mm-hmm. and your fetish gear. Who doesn't have a lot of that? Uh, and your clothes immediately after uh, having sex virtually. Mm. Mm, that's 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 weird. I they always said, clean stay my fetish six gear. Six feet apart from one another. Probably once yeah, a week. I know. It's, once yeah, a week it's at least. The, right. 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 Yeah. Well, do you use it more than once a week? Well, of course. Because you should of do course. it after every. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, every okay. time? All right. All right. Yeah. You, every time. Or you wow. could get the monkeypox. Now, see, mm. as a doctor, but I haven't been to school for that doctor stuff in a while, so I'm probably a little out of touch. I think, ooh, that nasty sore on you. <laughs> I'm no longer thinking. I'm hot for sex with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. know, That's when a, in doubt, leave it out <laughs> is a is a good one. Uh, this is but, a this uh, is a one of the interesting parts about this advice is it's not 
about having sex with if you happen to be at risk of monkeypox or like you think monkeypox is around and you want to have sex and do it as safely as possible it's when you actively want to have sex with someone who currently has monkeypox like you know they have it Mm -hmm. and you still want to have sex with them i just feel like Mm -hmm. the demand part of that equation has (laughs) got to be pretty low like you know like just having sex with someone specifically who has monkeypox actively just seems odd I don't know. I, I mean, I know Playboy used to have their, you know, Playmate turn-ons, turn-offs. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times people have seen, you know, one of my turn-ons, monkeypox. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> big, mm-hmm. open, weepy sores. Mm-hmm. It just turns mm. those those turns those turns ladies on. So, huh. so good for you, <laughs> ladies. Good for you. Um, <clears throat> I mean, not that mm. anything weird is happening in our society at all. No. By the way, Jurassic World 3. Is still number is still number one. Buzz Lightyear, um, and I love the reviews. They couldn't figure out why it did so poorly at the box office. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it might be that the you know, people don't like grooming, yeah, uh, with their kids. Yeah, uh, uh, know, and there's a whole. Y- y- they just talked about the the kiss, the same sex kiss. It goes beyond that. I mean, there's a same sex mm-hmm. marriage. There's, uh, you see their relationship progress, I guess. My, my daughter and her family went and uh, the kids liked it, but the parents, not so much. Uh, and, and you can tell why yeah. a lot of people well, stay away from them. the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is that because of your bigoted uh, yes. hatred for anything that is different, yes, Pat? that's what it is. Okay. That's yes, exactly okay. what it All is. Right. You guessed it. All right. By the way. Uh, I wanted yeah. to find out when you're coming back to town because I'm hosting uh, our annual drag queen party at my house uh, <laughs> really? in August. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, are the kids everybody's invited? doing it? The kids, of course, especially yeah. are evi- invited. The younger, the better. Yeah, like we're and the younger, for, the better, right? Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. looking for two year olds, one and two year olds, toddlers that can. That is great. Be brought into the now, can drag we, queen scene. Right. Can we uh, come in drag? or? Do you oh, just... I prefer that. Yes, please. Yeah, please come in drag. Uh, okay. You'll come in drag great. too, Stu. Uh, obviously, you're invited. Well, as, uh, as you noted, I, mm-hmm. I will be getting much of my uh, both drag queen gear and fetish gear cleaned. Oh, so wow. it's just a matter of the timing on that, Pat. I'm concerned about <laughs> oh, the timing. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, you could start okay. now and, you know. Yeah, well, you, you want to stay. <laughs> very dirty. It's very, you want to stay dirty. safe yes. when you're using. It take weeks. <laughs> when, you're, when you're using whips and things that are jammed uh, into mm-hmm. orifices, mm. you know, yeah. you want to be safe <laughs> medically. You so really do. I think that's good. You really do. Right. I, hey, in a completely unrelated article, uh, a Florida Sheriff's Department said it arrested a Disney employee as part of a larger sting in which it nabbed a dozen suspects in a child sex crackdown. Mm. So I don't want to I don't want to harp on this. I mean, hey, who are we to judge this mm-hmm. Disney employee for wanting to have sex with a 15 year old? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I'm not here to judge. <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying you're going to, what was it? A millstone around your you're neck or burn something. In the fires but I, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I don't want to judge. May I make a prediction? However, uh, Disney is going to become a 
predator to our children. I mean, already mm-hmm. we know what they're doing indoctrinating, but I, I'll bet you you're going to see more and more child crimes happening uh, from Disney employees. I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope I'm wrong. But there seems to be uh, a really crazy thing going on where sky's the limit on anything. And if you think that you're going to separate the uh, pedophiles from everybody else who says, you know, I can be a chicken and you have to call me a chicken. I I, I mean, I think that's a scene that maybe pedophiles might uh, flourish in. Just saying. Yeah, that's possible. I would think even uh, even likely, perhaps. <laughs> totally unrelated yeah. to your drag queen. Hey, by the Completely way. unrelated. Okay, good, good, yeah, good. nothing to do with it. So. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for normal drag queen people. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, could we have uh, the cut of the uh, bird and the environment? There's a bird that is now teaching us all about the environment, and I want you to see the clip, and, and Pat, if you can, describe it. Uh, this is an environmental warning now. From okay. Uh, <laughs> looks like a drag queen person and a bird. From the National Audubon Society, obviously. Uh-huh. Your number one source for drag queen needs. <laughs> <laughs> and then she rises up. Oh, or he. And he's got wings like the bird does. It's changing. They sing it over us. I think this is really very artistic. So, yeah, he continues and beautiful. to she's beautiful. Act as a bird. And uh, and both the bird right. and the drag and queen are both beautiful. Us. Birds tell us. Yes. The birds tell us that uh, global warming is here and there's trouble. And I embrace the fact that uh, he is a now a woman bird. Um, But I just want to show you another clip in completely unrelated. Do you remember the show Kids of the Hall? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Let me just go back in the time tunnel again, completely unrelated. Uh, Let me show you a comedy skit. Uh, from Kids in the Hall all about a decade ago. Don't go at home. (laughs) Who is it? Uh, It's me, Max Davis. I answered your ad in the personals. We have a date tonight. Oh, yeah? Are you my date? Yes, I am. (laughs) These are a couple walking out from next door and they see the doors opening. Uh, I said it was Max. Oh, yeah? Come on in, Max. No. <laughs> what? You want to eat he's, dinner out here? I did last night. He's dressed as a so chicken. So you're, uh, not from Toronto? <laughs> no, just north of it. Come on in. <laughs> well, what are you? A chicken lady. Yeah, and I love life. Do you love life? Oh, yeah. I thought you might, because I put that in my personal Latin. Chicken lady loves life. Gee, I never took that literally. I never... No? <laughs> never really took 
chicken lady literally <laughs> so uh so stop this uh, goes on you can find it on youtube it's fantastic but we aren't we living in a world mm. where a woman or a man can be dressed as a woman and call himself a chicken lady and we all have to accept it yes it would be hateful, right? Yeah. To, for that, for him not to want to come in, for the neighbors to be uh, horrified mm-hmm. by the possibility of this guy's date, for him not to be into it, I think is hateful now, which is really fascinating in so many ways. <laughs> it sure is. is. We are, if you recognize your country, raise your hand. I mean, I don't recognize anything in our, in our nation uh, anymore. Except for good friends like Pat Gray and uh, and the other guy who was on the show with me too. Thanks, uh, that, that's <laughs> nice of you. Pat, Pat, Pat Gray, <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed. You can find it uh, everywhere, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen to it uh, prior to this program on Blaze TV. Uh, sponsor this half hour is Real Estate Agents I Trust. Okay, so you remember that housing bubble that you know everybody had, you know, in two thousand eight? Yeah, that was kind of kind of screwed everybody all at once. I don't want to be an alarmist or anything, but uh, I think that could happen again. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not. Right now, the market is starting to collapse. Luckily, things are different. We don't have enough houses for the number of people that need a house, uh, but don't worry. Uh, don't worry, you don't need to buy one. The government or, you know, even better, places like BlackRock could buy them all up. And then you could just be a permanent renter. So you never really own anything. Ah, oh, that would be great. Well, up until that time comes and it's right around the corner, let me just tell you, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a house, you need somebody who is great at real estate. They have to know what they're doing. We have found the ones that we think are the uh, best real estate agents in the uh, in the country. There's one near you, I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, we won't recommend one. If you call in and you're like, I need a real estate agent, and we don't have one there, uh, we won't recommend it. And it's all free to you. We don't just take anybody. We do extensive background checks. We, we interview after interview after interview, and we follow up. Uh, to make sure that these people are giving the customer service and are giving the the best deals for you getting into a house and the best deal for you getting out of your old house. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're looking for a real estate agent? Start here. realestateagentsitrust.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to flip a a story around. There was a story done by the journalist at The Federalist last week, and we have been looking into it. We can't get any answers except from the White House, and the White House says it's ridiculous. Um, But I want to flip this story around. Last week, The Federalist released a story that we had heard as well, but couldn't verify. They verified that, uh, apparently verified, that the White House has informed Winchester Ammunition 
that, quote, the government is restricting the manufacturing and commercial sale of legal ammunition produced at the Lake City, Missouri facility. Now, this is um, the White House is denying this at this point. But I want to flip this story around. It's not if they're doing this. The question should be, if the if the Biden administration is consistent and they're doing the things that they say they're going to do. Remember, they said they're the largest buyer of things so they can set the standards for the E and the S and the G just by what they buy. So they can go to companies and say, no, you're not green you're, you are going to build this kind of car or bring down this because of your emissions or you're going to hire these kinds of people because of the, uh, the G or social justice. In our buying, we're going to set the standard. So this is the largest munitions um, uh, producer for the United States government. About a third of what they make, they then sell to the public for 556 and 223. It's completely consistent with the philosophy of this White House to go to Winchester and say, uh, you'll lose your contract unless you stop selling this to the public. If they're not doing it, the question is, why? Are they lying now or were they lying then? Welcome to Monday. Wow, the Washington Post has come out with some really good advice. Uh, the president has very little power to control inflation or gas prices. So they're afraid that people are going to go and vote with their wallet instead of their head. And they've got some serious warnings about the Republicans that I think you need to hear. And we're going to start there in 60 seconds. Welcome to the fundamental transformation of America. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Tuttle Twins books. The things that we are fighting for every day to preserve, the things that we are are standing up for, we have to we have to fight in smarter ways. We we can't just be against things. What is it that we're truly for? If you're a conservative, that means to conserve the best things get rid of the stuff that's not working and conserve the best things you know like our freedom so what is freedom what does all of this mean what does our constitution mean how was it put together 
it's not gonna we're not gonna preserve anything if we don't pass on the meaning of everything we're trying to preserve and show our kids how they work the Tuttle Twins has a great book series. I want you to have the, I think this series should be uh, in everybody's home. In fact, right behind me, if you happen to be watching on The Blaze, you can see many of the books in their series. And they start with, you know, toddlers and they go all up through um, young adults. And they are a great series of books. Please look into them today at Tuttle Twins. They're having a great sale. It's a 35% discount off their books. Plus, they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. Big discount, 35%. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. So here we are. Here we are with the Washington Post. And they have a new, very important piece out today that says... Here's what voters will get if you cast your ballot based on a gas price. Okay. Americans are mad about inflation. They're especially outraged that the gasoline average now is $5 a gallon nationwide. And history suggests that they may act on that furor by voting the bums out. But voters should think carefully about what they'll get if they cast their ballot based on the gas price. Have you ever ever heard this ever before the unexpected inflation tends to cause voters to punish incumbents at the polls yeah exactly like it's supposed to the cost of gasoline looms especially large in the public consciousness it also weighs heavily on presidential approval ratings but the president doesn't have some super secret special dial on his desk that can adjust gas prices but many voters believe otherwise. Well, let me just let me just give you a rundown of the history on this, because it seems ironic coming from the press. Um, 1996, the press reported not Clinton's fault. It's capitalism and Newt Gingrich's fault. Then 2000 Bush blames Clinton, but it's really Bush's fault. This is typical of an administration that refuses to accept responsibility. Here's another one from CNN 2001. It's Bush's fault. Then 2004. It's all Bush's fault. Then 2008. It's Bush's and Cheney's fault. Then CNN 2012. Stop blaming Obama. It's not his fault. Then in 2012. Sure, gas prices are high, but it's not as bad as you think. CNN 2012. America, quit whining about high gas prices. 2018. It's Trump's fault, 2020. Now it's Trump's fault. Low oil prices are causing oil company bankruptcies. Then CNN 2021. Biden can't do anything about it. It's not his fault. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So back to the Washington Post. Republicans hope this widespread confusion will turn the midterms into a referendum on painful economic conditions and, by extension, Democratic leadership. They're counting on voters to protect their hopes and dreams, including their wildest fantasies about cheaper gas. I don't know about you, but I'm not thinking of, uh, you know, the people behind the counter at the gas station all dressed up in something lacy and revealing. It's not exactly a fantasy for me. You know, gas prices being low. No, we had that just a year and a half ago. I don't know if anybody else noticed, 
But when Trump was in, we were for the first time in my lifetime, energy independent. We didn't have to worry about Saudi Arabia or anybody else because we were independent and had cheap gas for the first time in my life. And who got that done? Oh, Donald Trump. Oh, but wait a minute. He doesn't have any levers to do that, does he? Hmm. There are relatively few tools, says the Washington Post, that the president and Congress can deploy to help boost oil production. What? Here's here's an idea. And ESG. And the administration's war on oil. Here's another idea. You really want to get rid of oil? Fine, get rid of oil. But how about we take a quick break? How about we just break for a minute, slow this down until we have the uh, other things that are going to replace oil? Um, they also can't control or moderate overall inflation. Isn't that what the Federal Reserve's job is? That, that is? that is their only job. I know they've taken on so much more. That is their job. Their job is to keep inflation under control. Well, the things that they do have probably won't make a huge dent in price growth, but they could help a little on the margin. Unfortunately, these are not the things that either party is proposing right now. Democrats are grandstanding about greed and considering silly stuff such as export bans and price controls. Meanwhile, by the way, those price controls won't seem silly when they happen. Republicans demagogue about President Biden's support, uh, supposed war on fossil fuels and socialism. His supposed war on fossil fuels? That's what he campaigned on. Washington Post says neither party has a serious plan for dealing with inflation overall or gas prices specifically. You know what? We don't need the Republican Party. We all you need to do is just listen to the people. Are we a republic? Do we have representatives of the people? Because I can tell you most of the people in America would say, you know what? Let's start producing some more of our oil. You know, most of America would say, I want to go green if we can. That's great. But let's not sacrifice ourselves on the God of global warming. I'd like the country to continue. I'd like my children to be able to eat. Oh, and inflation. Here's an idea. Stop spending money. You don't have it. No one's borrowing it. Nobody's giving us the money anymore. We're borrowing it from the Fed, meaning we're just printing more. Assuming that Russia's war in Ukraine continues to disrupt every energy market, that is such bullcrap I can't take it. Then voters realistically face a choice between high gas prices and the rest of the Democratic agenda. Or high gas prices and the rest of the Republican agenda. So what it's worth... Let's consider what the rest of the agenda is for each party. Biden and fellow Democrats once promised a cradle-to-grave expansion of the safety net, plus measures intended to combat climate change. Love or hate this program, I very much like it, but it's no longer terribly relevant to the choices the voters face this November. Yes, it is. Climate change. That's what's causing all of this. This and the hostile takeover of the free market through something called the Great Reset. 
But Democratic infighting has considerably scaled back their ambitions, giving constraints laid out by Senators Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, who wield critical votes for getting anything done. Democrats have, have at best have a shot at more modest packages focused on climate, prescription drugs, and maybe some tax increases on high earners and corporations. But what do the Republicans stand for? Their national leaders won't say, yeah, I know. Shh, keep it secret. You know why? Because our national leaders agree with a lot of the stuff that is going on with the Democratic Party. They don't represent the people. Anyway, even when asked directly, they keep it secret. Their state-level rising stars are mostly focused on fighting with Mickey Mouse and drag queens. Really? Are we? Is that how you, is that how you put it? When our, when our parents are called terrorists for saying, hey, I don't want this Marxist and sex stuff in school. You dismiss it by saying we're fighting with Mickey Mouse and drag queens. But if you look at GOP actions taken over the past several years, including when they had unified control of the federal government, you get a sense of what Republicans are likely to prioritize. Republicans mostly seem to care about tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations. Don't even start with corporations. Do you think the corporations are the friend of anyone who is on the right Anyone who doesn't believe in all of this progressive bullcrap? I mean, check the ad campaigns. But if you look at the GOP actions, they just want to find ways to repeal Obamacare or otherwise reduce access to health care. <laughs> For example, by slashing Medicaid. I know, as somebody who has voted uh, Republican, and I myself am not a Republican, because I don't want to be tainted with the... With the, with the smell of all of the death. But I am all for cutting back on hospitals. I say we close hospitals in poor areas, you know? Let's just close them down. Kids, medicine, please. Not if they're defective. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like a progressive agenda. They only care about installing judges who will roll back reproductive rights. They Listen to this. They care about... Supporting a president who has used the powers of the state to further his own political and financial interests. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Let me give you a couple quick stories here. Just a, I just let me just point them out real quick here. Uh, story number one headline. Buttigieg says the Fed, the feds have power to force airlines to hire more workers amid travel delays. Let me see here. I remember the Republic or the Democrats were very upset at Ronald Reagan because he forced union workers to go back into work so we could keep the skies open because none of them would work the control towers. So they had a real problem with that. Buttigieg is saying he can tell the airlines, you don't have enough workers. Hire them. Where in the Constitution can you find that? That's fascism. Oh, here's the other. Um, this one from the Washington Examiner, Biden's bid to expand Obamacare. 
The Biden administration is unlawfully trying to expand Obamacare. The Internal Revenue Service has published a proposed regulation that would make an additional 5 million people eligible for premium subsidies. The IRS proposal is unlawful, but the administration will do it anyway. Here's the background. Obamacare statute created premium subsidies for people who buy insurance through exchanges. Congress restricted those subsidies to people with low and moderate incomes or had no other source of health insurance. In addition to Medicare and Medicaid recipients, 155 million Americans with job-based coverage are prohibited from claiming the credits. The law carved out one exception. If a company plan requires a full-time employee to contribute more than 9.5% of household income for self-only coverage, then the worker and his or her family members are eligible for the subsidies. So this has gone back and forth with Congress, and they won't do it because it will add 45 Five billion dollars to the deficit just in the next 10 years. It's called the family glitch. Um, the Urban Institute estimates the regulation would reduce the number of uninsured by around 190,000 because why? At an average cost of $4.5 billion, taxpayers are going to pay 23684 per newly insured person each year, which is kind of not so good. So it would never pass Congress. And so now the IRS is going to do it, even though they know it's illegal. So what was it they care about supporting a president who's used the powers of the state to further his own political and financial interests? Financial interests is Jenna, please. They care about supporting a president whose few purported diplomatic achievements, few, few, the world was headed towards peace. The Middle East was having peace like I've never seen in my lifetime. In retrospect, they largely look like an excuse to meet potential investors who might fund Trump aid's new private equity invent. Are you kidding me? This guy who's schlepping his son with him everywhere he goes. And you're blaming this on Trump? They care about defending at all costs a president who cheered on the mob seeking to hang his own vice president. May, speaking of mobs, um, how about the people who are threatening to kill our Supreme Court justices? Because that kind of sounds like the same thing to me. And what is the White House saying? Nothing. What are the Democrats doing? Reluctantly voting to give the Supreme Court justices and their family security. And then they have this one. And then they care about undermining the integrity of our election system and overturning the will of the voters if and when tallies don't go their own way. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to start vomiting blood. I, I don't I mean. Holy cow. Election deniers are already laying the groundwork to overturn the will of the voters in the future through legal and administrative changes at the state and federal levels. They're only changing it back to what it was, the special exemption for COVID. Oh, I, I mean, how do they even, how do they sleep at night? How do they sleep at night? 
well, I, I guess if it's in the winter, they probably sleep well because it's very, very warm in hell. Back in just a second with more standby. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Hear all the time from people who write in on this program. I hear stories of people who lost their ability to do something. Going up and down the stairs, working out, um, you know, or going working in the garden. An hour ago, a lady uh, who was um, hit as a pedestrian, she had all kinds of problems. She could just barely walk. She's now taking a relief factor. She says, I'm out of pain. If you're dealing with pain, please give relief factor a try. Please. It's a dollar a day for the trial pack. Three week quick start. Nineteen ninety five. Please, I take it three times a day, and my pain is minimal. It is, most of the times I'm complete, I'm normal. Most of the times you're, you're out of pain, and then once in a while you have a bad day. That's the way it should be, and that's what Relief Factor does for me and hundreds of thousands of other people. ReliefFactor.com. Just try it, please. Go to ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, my gosh. Forty years ago, the political backlash, says the Washington Post, against inflation helped elect Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. Boy, we remember how bad those days were, huh? My colleague E.J. Dion recently observed inflation today could empower a far more radical and sinister force. No, not more sinister than Mitt Romney was in the form of politicians actively seeking to undermine democracy. Shut up. I get that voters are angry about gas prices and frustrated by some Democrats recent policy choices. As readers of this column might have noticed, I'm frustrated, too. But that's mostly because I fear the much, much worse policy choices looming ahead if the Democrats don't get their act together and effectively cede to the agenda of the Republicans. Well, I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. Wow. Wow. That is powerful. Thank you, Washington Post. By the way, um, you know, the, the few accomplishments globally, um, you know, Ukraine wasn't out of control and, and neither was uh, Russia. And it seems as though the only one that was really doing anything with Russia was the Clintons. Uh, but the uh, NATO alliance would like people to know, they came out yesterday, that this war in Ukraine could last years. And they begged Western nations, i.e. the United States, to continue to provide military and humanitarian assistance. Just keep that money coming, please. It's going to last years, but it'll be worth it. Oh, my. Okay, so how can you save some money? Uh, first of all, how are your blinds or your shutters or drapes at your house? Um, A, are they effective? Are they keeping the temperature in your house down? You can save so much money just on air conditioning costs just by making sure the heat stays out and the cool stays in and you're not having that sun beat down into your house all the time. Blinds 
Com now has another way for you to save on top of that, and that is 40% off everything at Blinds.com. Blinds.com, they are the design experts. They are the installation experts. They will find the right people to help you. They are the, the best place, in fact, the number one uh, place to buy uh, blind shades, shutters, and drapes online. They lead everyone. They lead in the world. And they lead for a reason. They're the best, they're quick, they're effective, and they're inexpensive. Save money now. Go to blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We just can we have a chat here for a second on something I think we we really need to think about. Um, if you were born in the in the two thousands, you're one of the people I want to command right now for your resilience. You have grown up in a time of war. You've never seen our country not at war. Your parents and teachers probably taught you about 9-11, while at the same time, uh, you no doubt heard the battle damage assessment numbers and those killed in action reports on the evening news and conversations on the dinner table and from your teachers. Afghanistan then turned into Iraq, then back to Afghanistan, then back to Iraq. Rinse, repeat for 20 years. You were probably in elementary school or junior high when faith and trust on a systematic level began to rapidly dissolve. The financial system crashed in 2008. And do we even know? Yeah, I mean, we do, but officially, who is to blame on that one? Can you even trust the bank? Is the Fed and the government for us or against us in that? Could you lose your home? Were your mom and dad fighting all the time because of the stress of what happened in 2008? We asked all of these questions. And in the aftermath, the mass protests, the Occupy Wall Street that you probably don't remember. Everybody decided, I guess it's the fault of those giant corporations. It was yet more doubt thrown onto institutions we at least have some faith and trust in. Because they would, at one point, do the right thing or be held responsible if they didn't. You've seen your church come under attack, your faith. Suddenly, the religious values that you, know, you may have grown up with, listened to in Sunday school, are now being called bigoted. You've witnessed race, race riots, cops firefighters being demonized, local businesses burned to the ground. People may have been killed in your hometowns. Politicians and media appeared to drink it all in like a cold beer on a hot day. You've been brought up in an era where, where war was declared on American faith, hope, trust, pride, history. I don't even think you probably even know our history. And yet, here you are right now, listening to this program. Good for you. 
Good for you. For people my age, it is really, I, I can't imagine being your age. I can't imagine it. I grew up in a, in a completely different America. Makes me sad you'll never know summer like we did. That you'll never, most likely you have not participated in a baseball game or a football game that wasn't organized or a soccer game that adults weren't telling you when and where to play. You probably have never just gone out with your friends and just started a game in, in some abandoned field or some park just to play for yourself. And you make up the rules and you decide what's right and wrong. You solve the arguments. Times were different. Less people locked their doors. That's what I like about the place I live up in Idaho. It's much more like it was when I was growing up. It's just simpler, quieter. You know your neighbors. Everybody waves to each other as they pass each other in the cars. You can rely on one another. Parades were more common. And no one expected an anti-American rioter to come in and spoil the day. We loved our country, although we didn't think our country was flawless. If you joined the military, it was called joining the service because that's how it was viewed. It was service. Now it seems like nobody sends their kids to service if they're rich. It's a way to get out of poverty. It's a way to get a free education. It's not about service. By and large, opinions were debated. Today, opinions are used as an excuse for violence. You know, we could see Marxist and Milton Friedman or Thomas Sowell on television debating Marxists at universities or on Oprah. And it was done where everybody walked away in the end and shook each other's hand and said, I respect you. I disagree, but I really respect you. That doesn't happen. It's certainly probably not happened in your schools. If you grew up in the 2000s, Man, everything has gone sideways rapidly. Who was running the country during the 2008 financial crisis? The recovery, Occupy Wall Street, the beginning of Black Lives Matter. No one calls it out, but it was Barack Obama. Everything began to spiral out of control, and the America that we used to know became unrecognizable. Now, it's not his fault, all of it at least. He, ex he um, put the pedal down. Uh, and he accelerated things. But this has been in the plans for a long time. And America wanted hope and change. We wanted change. I wanted change. All of us wanted change from what was happening, you know, with uh, the Bush administration. The government was seemingly getting too big. Nobody was being held responsible. We wanted transparency. That's what we meant by change. But that's not what we got. And we know that because Michelle Obama talked about it on May 14th, 2008. She was immediately pulled from the campaign trail after this speech. But I want you to hear it one more time. And Barack knows that we are going to have Michelle to Obama in Puerto Rico. 
we are going to have to change our conversation. We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place uh, as a nation to provide the kind of future that we all want desperately for our children. Uh, and he is the man to do so, it. In America, in America, we used to agree on the future. We saw certain things as self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. And I know that might sound like hogwash to you, but it's a mission statement. It's not something that we did. It's something that we were trying to strive for. And as you will learn as you grow older, you make a ton of mistakes in life. And a country does as well. And the idea is to learn from those mistakes, but you have to have history and you have to know what really happened to be able to correct those mistakes. Otherwise, you're going to make them over and over and over again. And I fear we're doing a lot of that. But let me take this line by line if I can, or at least as much as I can today. She just said, we're going to have to make sacrifices. Have we made sacrifices? Well, we've made sacrifices of our time. I can't imagine... I mean, I just can't get over how much time we spend arguing about stupid stuff right now. How much time we have spent in politics, politics, especially national politics. It shouldn't be really hardly even on our radar. It should all be local politics, but we don't pay attention to that. So many people, maybe your parents have sacrificed their dreams and their job. Small businesses. They sacrificed because of COVID. Home Depot could stay open, but not the locally owned Ace Hardware store. We've, we've sacrificed our liberties in exchange for the collective. We have, we have made a sacrifice of our honor in Afghanistan. We've sacrificed our place in the world, our credibility. Our credibility, really, with our own allies, we have sacrificed. And we are certainly sacrificing right now our relationship with anyone who holds the dollar as a reserve currency. In many ways, we've sacrificed you, the 20-something in the last 15 or 20 years, to some sort of social experiment. Not only with, you know, drag queen story hour and everything else that we have no idea other than history... We have no idea of how that's going to turn out, what, what kind of mark these things will leave, good or bad. We don't know. Never been done before. But we've also socially experimented on you with, with technology. We've sacrificed our safety on the streets from mobs, BLM, Antifa, January 6th, the shootings every day in Chicago nobody seems to care about. We've sacrificed our way of life. We've sacrificed our medicines and so many things. And this didn't start with Obama. It started with the globalist, the idea that, you know, um, trade is, is unlimited and we can just be consumers and not makers. Now, that just seems wrong intuitively. But when we start to hit shortages like medicine, we really see how stupid it is. But we have sacrificed our common sense because are we doing anything about these things? We've sacrificed our doctors. We were told we could keep our doctors, but we, many of us lost our doctors. We've lost the scientific method. 
we have lost and sacrificed debate and critical thinking and and the search for evidence we have sacrificed an awful lot and it's all called the new normal all those things that we've sacrificed we're now sacrificing we're going to sacrifice millions of people that will most likely starve to death in the next two years. Why? For political reasons. That's really all it is. We're going to sacrifice people's lives, and we are going to forever change the lives of people here in America. And it's just going to be called the new normal. Michelle then went on to say, you know, we're going to have to change our conversation. <laughs> I didn't know what she meant was change the rules of conversations. Basically, you can't have a conversation. Any kind of spoken or written word now has to go through the woke filter. It's where we lose and sacrifice many of our freedoms and liberties. You want to make a public statement about a Snickers bar, you better craft it in a way that checks off all the intersectional feminist and LGBT boxes. You, because you're in your 20s, may not understand how important freedom of thought and real diversity is. That's the diversity of thought. You cannot make progress without benchmarks that can be measured, which is the scientific method. And you'll never make progress unless people are comfortable to say, that's a stupid idea. Well, I disagree with you on that. And you have it out. And most times, you'll find that both sides have a point. Not all the time, but many times. And just by arguing, you're like, oh my gosh, I see why you're thinking that. Oh, I understand you now. It's still wrong, but at least I understand. Let me explain it this way. We can't talk like that anymore. Telling the truth is now a dangerous taboo. George Orwell once wrote, during times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. And that's where we are. The church, her teachings, the sacraments, now been labeled bigoted. Our deep religious founding as a country that proclaiming one's faith, whatever faith that is, or no faith at all. How, how we got to a place to now where that's a revolutionary act. I'm going to finish what Michelle Obama talked about on tomorrow's program. But the fundamental transformation that she spoke about is here. More in a minute. Sponsor of this half hour is MyPillow. You know, Mike Lindell, the, um, the guy everybody calls the MyPillow guy, he gave me my very own MyPillow to try out. And I've told the story before. I didn't like it. Uh, and so when he came in the office, he was like, so how do you like MyPillow? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You have the small one. And I'm like, I don't know which one I have but I don't like it. And he said, let me get you the other size. I got the other size and I love it. I love it. I sleep with it every night, whether I'm at home or I'm, I'm traveling or I'm here at the ranch. I have my pillow with me for a limited time. 
Mike is offering a flash sale on my pillows with prices as low as 1988 with the promo code back. Cancel culture hates him. You don't have to love him, but you will love my pillow. It's an amazing set of products that you'll find at mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials and you're going to find not only an amazing offer on the pillow right now, which is buy one, get one free. Um, but also rotating get discounts on the other 150 plus my pillow products from the dream sheets to the mattress topper slippers and everything else. It's mypillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code back or call 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117, mypillow.com promo code back the Glenn back program. On tomorrow's program, uh, we have more on the uh, the bullet issue. It looks like the uh, White House is now telling Winchester if they want to keep their federal contract, uh, they're going to need to stop making two two three and five five six uh, ammo for consumers. That's a third, one third of the ammo, um, and the White House is denying it now. Uh, however, I absolutely believe it, and um, I will tell you that the question should be, if they're not doing it, if the Biden administration is consistent in what they're promising people, why aren't they doing it? It only makes sense if they were doing it, if you believed what they believe. Uh, more on that on tomorrow's program. An update on the weather and useless People from the World Economic Forum. Next. This is the Glenn Back Program. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. I hope you're keeping a journal because these are the times that historians will look back on and write about and try to figure out how it all happened. We have another country falling to Marxist and communists uh, in South America. It looks like communism and Marxism and fascism is on the mark here in in the march here in the Americas. Um, we also have the same kind of feeling happening here. Uh, and the World Economic Forum is transforming the Western world. And they are doing it with the help of supposed freedom countries and freedom fighters. But is it freedom and what does the future hold? Well, 
I'm going to play some uh, found audio from one of the main advisors of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. It is extraordinarily disturbing, mainly because we have heard this exact kind of talk before. And it usually doesn't end well unless people take it seriously. Useless people. We begin there in 60 seconds. Let me tell you about our uh, our sponsor this half hour. It's My Patriot Supply. Um, there is a... Sarah, do we happen to have the audio in today's, or I should ask Stephen. Stephen, do we have the audio of the, the woman, the farmer, that was talking about food prices? If we have that audio, play that real quick, will you? So I got Go a ahead. conversation today, and the woman, honestly, I bless her heart, honestly thinks that food prices are not going to go up. She thinks that this is the highest they're going to go. I tried to explain to her that that was not the case, that they are absolutely going to go up even more. Um, and I told her there are things that like we have to buy. There's something we had to buy that two years ago cost us $24. Last year was about 46 This year it is costing us $96. Okay. Local farmer, 50 head of cattle. It's costing him $8,000 a month to feed them. Please understand. Food prices are going to go up. You want to act like it's the farmer's fault. It is not the farmer's fault. We're barely making it to grow the stuff so you guys are able to get it in August, September, October. Okay? Guys, this is not going away. Stop sticking your head in the sand and thinking, oh, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. It's so important that you understand what is coming. And we have not yet seen the problem. We are now still using last year's crop. So this year's crop is going to start coming to us this fall. And that's when you're going to start to see a very different situation. Uh, I want you to be prepared for anything. Would you please go to preparewithglenn.com right now? You'll save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. I want you to go to preparewithglenn.com. Prepare with Glenn. You'll get a three-month food kit. Um, it ships fast. It ships free. Um, they're in stock right now, but I don't know how long that will last. When the crap starts hitting the fan, it will be too late for you to prepare. So please do it now. Preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. All right. I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you here about um, a piece of audio that we found that I've heard before, and it was from a very famous uh, writer philosopher, uh, George Bernard Shaw. And this is what he said back uh, around the early 1920s. Listen. I don't want to punish anybody, but there are an extraordinary number of people whom I want to kill. I think it would be a good thing to uh, make everybody come before a properly appointed board, just as he might come before the income tax commissioners, and say every five years or every seven years, just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then uh, clearly, uh, we cannot use the big organization of our society uh, for the purpose 
of keeping you alive because your life does not benefit us and it can't be a very much use to yourself. This led to the concentration camps, the death camps. Um, I believe he's the guy who came up with there must be some sort of gas that we could use to liquidate a lot of useless eaters, useless eaters. That led to the horrors uh, of Germany and of China and of Russia. I want to introduce you to a guy that you may have heard of before, Yuval Noah Harari. He is a um, an intellectual. He's a historian. He's a professor in the Department of History at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. He is the author of popular science bestsellers, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, he is a transhumanist. If you don't know what a transhumanist is, you need to know. If you ever saw an episode of Star Trek with the Borg, that's transhumanism. It is the merging of man and machine. Um, he thinks, and I'm quoting him, he thinks free will is a myth and dangerous. Uh, his key theme is that the idea uh, that the human society has been driven by our species capacity to believe in what he calls fictions. Those things whose power is derived from their existence in our collective imaginations, whether they be good, uh, whether they be gods, whether they be nations, our belief in them allows us to cooperate on a societal scale. So, I want to give you a little history before I play this new kind of George Bernard style uh, audio. In 2017, he wrote an article um, that argued that through continuing technological process and advances in the field of artificial intelligence, by 2050, he said, a new class of people might emerge. The useless clash, a class. Again, quoting the useless class, people who are not just unemployed, but unemployable. They couldn't keep up. They couldn't be retrained. He then puts forward a case that dealing with this new societal class, economically, socially, political, uh, will be the central challenge for humanity in the coming decades. He has also commented on the plight of animals, uh, particularly domesticated animals. Um, and since the agricultural revolution, uh, he, he is a vegan. Uh, he said industrial farming is one of the worst crimes in history. Industrial farming, one of the worst crimes in history. And he says the fate of the industrial farmed animal is one of the most pressing ethical questions of our time. This coming from a guy who is talking about useless people. Now, he's also written that the idea of free will and the liberal values based on it emboldened people who fought against the Inquisition and the divine right of kings. They fought against the KGB and the KKK. Uh, it has become dangerous now in a world of data economy where he says in reality there is no such thing as free will 
Governments and corporations are coming to know the individual better than they know themselves. And still quoting, if governments and corporations succeed in hacking the human animal, the easiest people to manipulate will be those who believe in free will. He elaborates that, quote, humans certainly have a will, but it's not free. You can't decide what your desires that you have. Every choice depends on a lot of biological, social and personal conditions that can't be determined for yourself. I can choose what to eat, whom to marry, whom to vote for. But these choices are determined in part by my genes, biochemistry, gender, family background, national culture. And I didn't choose what genes or family to have. Now, his job, he says, is to predict the future. Um. I'm sorry, his job is not to predict the future. He's actually trying to do the opposite. He wants to find the horizon of possibilities that mankind is now facing. He says, my main task as a historian is to get people to consider possibilities that are usually outside their field of vision. He goes into, for instance, the medical advances of the 20th century. I I know this is uh, dense and, uh, you know, it may seem irrelevant now, but it is going to become extraordinarily irrelevant here in just a minute. Uh, so he's talking about the medical advances of the 20th century, such as antibiotics and how they eventually trickled down to everybody in the lower classes. But he doesn't believe that that will trickle down again. He said the particular reasons why discoveries trickled down to everybody probably will not repeat themselves in the 21st century. So we should broaden our thinking and consider that medicine in the 21st century will be elitist. Quoting, every human being is valuable as a soldier in the trenches or a worker in the factory. But soon in the 21st century, there is a good chance that humans will lose. They are losing their military and economic value. He says, once people lose their military and economic value, the access they have to medicine will follow them. So this is again the reason why you cannot look at people as a collective. People must have value in their own right that is a, that is a part and separate from everything else. He then goes on to say that old age, disease and death and how humans are trying to overcome disease and treat old age and death as a technical problem. There's no difference in essence to disease like cancer, he says, in principles die uh, in principle, humans die for technical reasons. But then he goes into the rich and how rich people may not have to die in the future. He said death is optional. I know this sounds like crazy talk, but as somebody who has studied these kinds of people for the last 35 years, I'm telling you, in their mind, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. They look at death differently because they don't believe in a soul. 
Throughout history, death was the great equalizer. But in 50 to 100 years, in addition to everything else the rich get, the poor will die off and the rich will get an exemption to death. He then goes into the concept of decoupling of intelligence from consciousness. These two have always been tied together throughout history. Computers will not become like humans, but the system doesn't need consciousness. It just needs intelligence. Computers cannot become conscience. conscious. They can become as intelligent or more intelligent than humans. As a historian, he says, I'm not in a position on whether these ideas are realizable or not. But basically, if any of these trends is going to actually fulfill itself, the best I can do is to quote from Karl Marx and say, listen to this, everything solid melts into air. I had no idea that I was paraphrasing phrase uh, uh, Marx when I've told you for the last 25 years, there's going to come a time where everything is that you think is solid will be liquid and liquid will be solid. Um, he said, um, once you solve a problem like the direct brain computer interface, that's the end of history and biology as we know it. When I come back, I am going to play some things that he has said. And remember, he is part of the team putting together the Great Reset. And Barack Obama has talked about him. Um, Joe Biden, you know, and back in the days when he was reading still, um, he talked about him. Um, all of the biggest leaders in the progressive movement not only uh, read his work, but they also believe he's a genius and that he should be listened to and his solutions are critical to the world in their views. I'm going to play some audio that will put into shape and clarify a little bit about what the Great Reset will actually mean and why they're so quick and eager to disarm us. I'll play that for you coming up in 60 seconds. First, our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Let me ask you a question. What are you feeding your dog right now? Chances are pretty good you're feeding him or her kibble food, which is what most people use. Well, kibble food, as it turns out, is dead food. I had no idea. Do you know that the, anything that is in a bag of kibble like that, that has to, by law, be able to last on the shelf for two years. There's nothing alive in that. It won't mold. It won't go bad. It's the same as the day they took it from the factory. And if you've ever, if you've ever walked through a factory of dog food, you can take a handful of dog food right out of the ovens where they kill everything. They take it and you can hand it to your dog. Your dog will not eat it. Swear to you. They have to spray it with flavors so your dog will eat it. Rough Greens is not a spray, and it's not dead, and it's not a trick. It actually has all of the vitamins, minerals, um, the, the probiotics, everything that your dog needs for a healthy life. I want you to get a free bag. The first bag is free just to make sure your dog will eat it. It's Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Don't pay anything for it. If you like it, if your dog likes it, um, then order the next bag and feed this to your dog 
over the next few months, and I've seen it now over two years, your dog will change. It's amazing to watch. Get your first bag free. Pay for shipping, and that's it. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so I want to play this. I want to play this clip, um, and uh, well, I'll let it stand on its own for now. This is Yaval Harari uh, talking about the classes of people that are coming because of where we're headed as societies. I, I, again, I think that the biggest question, in, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination Worth. of drugs and computer games as a, a solution for more. It's already happening uh, in, 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 under different titles, different headings you see more and more people spending more and more time or uh, uh, solving their inner problems with uh, uh, drugs and computer games, both legal drugs and illegal drugs. If you look at Japan today, and Japan is maybe 20 years ahead of the world in, in everything, and you see all these new social phenomenon of, of people having relationships with virtual, uh, virtual spouses, and you have people who never leave the house and, and just live through computers. I think once you're superfluous, okay, stop you for a have... second. I'm going to I'm going to pick it up um, after the break a little bit more. But let me let me let me just go over what he just said. He's talking about a time that is in our very near future uh, where uh, there are a lot of people, for instance, truck drivers. When you when trucks are taken over by computers and they are all driverless trucks what are you going to do can you be retrained for something that is high tech because everything will be high tech you probably don't know this but most service calls that you get from companies when you get a when you get a call from somebody um, at night and usually the calls that you uh, avoid that is not a real person it's not like the old days where it was like, we have a survey. Now it is so good that you, most people have no idea that's a machine. All of those people in the, in the telephone business, th those jobs are going away. And it will, be like, it will be like that with every job eventually. So he's talking about the millions of useless eaters useless people how do we deal with them well i think we drug them uh and then you know just keep them entertained with video games but why would you do that if they're useless at some point there's a crisis and this is exactly how it happened in germany useless eaters there was a crisis they need to pay for the war so they had to liquidate millions of useless eaters. The Glenn Beck program. 
It is too horrible to even think about, but please, please pay attention to history as it unfolds once again right in front of us. Um, Patriot Mobile is a company that uh, understands the individual uh, because it is the only uh, Christian and conservative phone company out there. They're fighting for the same things we believe in. Every single individual is important and has value. Nobody is worthless. We have to stand together and fight these things. And they are, I'm telling you, there's, there's coming a time where you won't have a choice because you won't be able to buy anything if we don't have a parallel economy. That's where Patriot Mobile comes in. There's no reason you're paying as much as you are for your, your phone service. You need mobile service, the company to get it from. They're on our side. They're putting their money and their time where their mouth is. And they've got a great, great service that you'll pay less for. So join, please. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Whether you're an elite or a useless eater, you can subscribe to Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. All right, I want to tie a couple of things together, and then we're going to go back into Yuval Harari, who is a an intellectual, very respected. Um, I respect his thinking. I think he is truly frightening, as most of these people are, um, because they don't believe in a God, which leads them not to believe in true life and death, um, which also leads them to not see um individuals as sacred they see the collective once you start seeing the world as a collective collective salvation collective death collective anything you are a society that is headed down a very dark road and i'm telling you i've said this for 20 years i'm telling you if we don't stop this trend if we don't find ourselves and find the real god not the God of Silicon Valley, but the real God. If we don't find him again, we will make the Nazis look like rookies. You cannot have this kind of technology um, and be on the path that we apparently are now and expect different results. It's just going to be faster and much more brutal. So, I, I want to play a couple of things here. First of all, uh, or I want to I want to tell you a couple of stories. First of all, MSNBC is now they had an expert on again. This one is uh, Jansing Teed Man, whatever, uh, and said we only have now less than a decade. This time they mean it less than a decade. If we don't stop all of our carbon emissions, uh, then we are all going to die in a fiery flood. Um, Europe has just in in Europe, France has now banned all outdoor activities in France. They are canceling all concerts and public gatherings, uh, basically quarantining people into their homes. I'm hoping I am hoping that this is this article that I'm reading about it is worse than it actually is, but uh, probably not. The problem is there is a heat wave. 
40 degrees Celsius, which is about, what, 105, 104, 104 degrees. Um, and, you know, Texas is at 104 and 5, and we're still doing things. You use common sense. But France and Europe have decided that the government has to tell the collective exactly what to do and what they can't do. Tomorrow, I will have more on the White House um, working with Winchester. And I say working with I mean that in a very coercive sort of way, working with uh, with uh, Winchester, um, who our military gets their green tipped um, five, five, six and two, two, three, the 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 bullets of death. What else is a bullet for a bullet of death? We get 70 percent of them for our military from Winchester. Thirty percent goes to the public market so you can buy it. They are now trying to shut down any um, excess ammunition to be sold to the public. So they'll cut us off. And if that doesn't work, they will price you out of your AR um, through insurance. Guarantee it's coming. So we are we are creating a world where it is the collective, not the individual, your individual liberties, even if they say they shall not be infringed, they will find a way to infringe because they believe they know better. Now, I just played a clip. Now, this guy is one of is I think he's on the board of the WEF um, and the people who brought you the Great Reset. He is one of the advisors of all of it and we just heard him say that there will be millions of useless people and the question will be how do we deal with useless people his suggestion was a combination of legal and illegal drugs uh and video games that everybody will just stay at home and play video games and be on drugs that's not a viable solution if you believe in useless people, why would you spend the money and the time and everything else keeping them alive? As uh, as George Bernard Shaw uh, said, surely we should line them up and ask them to justify their existence. We're headed down the same roads. Now, let's go back into what he is talking about, what is coming Um you know, at the time of the Great Reset. I think once you're superfluous, you don't have power. Uh, again, we're used to the age okay, of the masses people. of the 19th and 20th century, where you, all, where you, where you saw all these successful, uh, massive uprisings, revolutions, revolts. So we, we, got, we are used to thinking about the masses as powerful. But this is basically a 19th century, a 20th century phenomenon. I don't think that the masses... Okay, stop here. So he is is saying here that um, things are going to change forever because of technology. You don't need people. This is is so frightening. Um, He says human nature um, of having small, well-known family, intimate community, having a small group of people who knew you, um, uh, you knew them. That has been happening for millions uh, of years, and we've developed this kind of thing. But now 
now that we have computers and all of these different things that are going to be replacing us, there's a gap between those people that uh, are needed and the number of people that we have. And he goes on to say that, you know, once you are not needed for to be a soldier or to work a factory, then you are kind of a useless eater. You you still need people today and you will need people in the future. But and I'm quoting, you don't need millions of soldiers, each with a rifle. You just need a small amount of experts who know how to produce. If that's not one of the most frightening things an elitist can say, and everything that we fear, remember the World Economic Forum, remember they said they just ran a survey and um, the global survey showed most people, most humans don't uh, trust the experts and the elites. But the good news is the elites trust the elites more than ever before. Well, of course, when you're in the group and the group is like, yeah, we just have all these other people. We just need a few of us. I mean, we're all good in this room, right? He says in the last 200 years, things have changed. It has collapsed after millions of years of evolution. Most roles. Now, listen to this. Most roles that were filled by the family and intimate community are now transferred to a new network provided by the state and the market. You don't need children because you have a pension fund. You don't need someone to take care of you. You don't need neighbors. You don't need sisters or brothers because the state is there. The state will provide you with police, with education, with health, everything. You can say life today maybe is worse than in the 1700s because we've lost the connections around us. So what's going to happen? Well, Japan is 20 years ahead. People never leave the house. They have virtual spouses. They lived through their computers. Homo sapiens are more malleable than we tend to think. It is really time for all of us to take a moment and ask ourselves, is this the kind of future we want? I am so often reminded almost every day now of the story of the Tower of Babel. And the critical part that I think that is applicable to us right now is they were trying to build a tower to the sky. No, if you look at this metaphorically or not, I don't really care. But listen to the story because it has guided men for thousands of years. The leadership said, let us build a tower to the sky. First, we'll make bricks. He's Nebuchadnezzar is the ruling elite, and he is talking to the other elites. Let us make a tower to build the sky, uh, to reach the sky, and we'll make bricks. Bricks are the humans. They're the, they are the needed 
but useless people. They need them to make bricks and to build the tower, but it's for the elites. Okay. And bricks represent stones. When you read this in the Bible, stones are all unique. God makes every stone unique. Those are like people. Bricks, when a leader says we're going to make bricks, he's usually talking about slavery and everybody's the same and interchangeable. You lose one, doesn't matter. Here's another one. And what happens? Because we as Christians don't speak Hebrew and we don't uh, um, we don't have a rabbi that knows the oral tradition, we lose the fact that there are personalities of God in the Bible. And it's important in different stories to know which personality is visiting the really angry God uh, or the really loving God, compassionate God. And they're told in the oral tradition, it's important to know these. So, you know, the motivation and we as Christians look at the old Testament, we go, Oh yeah, it's the angry God. Well, no, there's, Lots of times where it is the loving God that comes down and the Tower of Babel is one of those stories. And that's important because we think the story that we tell, we think that Nebuchadnezzar said to the people, let's build a tower to reach the sky. And all of the people were doing it. No, it was a handful of elites. And that's why when God came down and said, if they can do this they can do anything. He's talking about the elites. That's why he changed our languages so no one could understand each other. And we were scattered. We were scattered as a protective measure from those who would rule against us and look at us as a collective. I think of that story almost every day. Because we are entering the time where you will not be able to distinguish between reality uh, and, and CGI. You won't be able to tell the difference between an automated person uh, and a real human being. He, he, every line is going to be blurred. And we're blurring the same line man blurs always, time and time again. The last time was in the early half of the 20th century, where the collective was blurred with the individual. That never leads to good things. And I wonder, I wonder when the Lord will say, if they can do anything, if they can do this, they can do anything. Meaning, if these elites just see no stop and they'll do anything, anything for their own power or even their own curiosity they will do anything and they will kill millions find god find god more on this tomorrow first let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour it's goldline so J.P. Morgan, uh, the CEO, Jamie Dimon, uh, is telling us that a, a hurricane, an economic hurricane is coming. The chief e economic advisor at Alliance and the president of Queens College, uh, Mohammed El Arian, he said anybody who is fully invested should take some chips off the table. 
How about the Morgan Stanley chief investment officer, Mike Wilson, who just said, even without a recession, the S&P is going to 3,400. Billionaire and CEO of Omega Advisors, Leon Cooperman, he just said the U.S. is headed into a recession with a 40% total drop in stocks on the horizon. <sighs> Usually they're wrong when all the experts agree, but I think the experts agree on this time, on this stuff this time, because it is so obvious. Please call Goldline today. They have a special this week on very hard to find one 10 ounce gold American Eagles. One tenth of an ounce. This is this is a usable coin. If the crap hits the fan, um, they've been in very short supply with every coin purchase. You're going to receive five of the mind your business silver bars at no cost. That's a deal that is definitely worth calling for. So call them now. 866 Goldline. 866 Goldline or Goldline.com. This is the Glenn Back Program. Oh, hello and welcome to the program. We're so glad you're you're here. Uh, man, um, nobody even asked how the bike is. You know, <laughs> Biden falls down. Everybody's like, oh, the president. What happened to the bike? Is the bike OK? And by the way, I refuse to vote for any president from here on out unless you're a real athlete. Uh, I refuse to vote for somebody who is young uh, on a bike with a bicycle helmet. You're surrounded by Secret Service. You're you're not going to be, you know, you're, you're, you're just not going to get hit by a car. Stop it. You mm. look like a girl. I, I totally disagree. I think it's time for common sense bike reform. This is hitting too many people. We need to come up with an <laughs> age limit. We need to. We when, the president, when the president is in danger, you're right, Stu. Mm-hmm. You're right. Common sense bike control. <laughs> you really do. I mean, I... He should wear a helmet. Yeah. He should, you know, we should just get him one of those things that you ride around in the supermarket, you know, the little wheelchair with a basket and a helmet. That's what he should be driving around in. This is the Glenn Back Program.